Welcome back to the Give Me Some Truth Studios here at the corner of Monroe and Glenway. I'm Keith Ponywaz, and this week on the pod, we're going to discuss existential issues, our gigantic center backs, and chat a little bit more about the preseason. As always, I'm joined by the Jean-Paul Sartre to my Albert Camus, Dan Fallon. Dan, is hell other people? <laughs> um, it is. I actually had a conversation about this at work today. We were talking about... Uh, People taking, you know, I work at a relatively large office building where we have fleet vehicles that you can take, and uh, people uh, just take the vehicles without checking them out, and people take our shared bikes without checking them out, and I, under my breath said, people, they're the worst. It's uh, frequently the case, except for those of you in the, in the flock, right? Uh, so Most importantly, are you uh, going to the, because uh, we're old and it was like a week ago, uh, are you a recline your seat or not recline your seat on a flight? I can I, answer first. Go ahead. I think you're an axe murderer if you recline your seat on a domestic flight these days. Axe murderer. For like hour and a half? I mean, at okay. all. No, period. Can, can we go with what I think is the golden rule here of the pod? You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an <laughs> asshole. Well, same. And that was what I would say about the guy behind yeah. her punching the seat. Yeah. I mean, he's also a complete insane. prick. That's insane. That's, that's sociopathic. That's like, like I, I think Jason Isbell, uh, who you enjoy as a musician, I enjoy his Twitter feed as well. Oh, excellent. I, I think he said, you know, the best thing, why would you punch the seat when everybody knows in this day and age, all you do is passively, aggressively tweet about it on Twitter. <laughs> you know, you... <laughs> no, I thought he said you fart. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's that what he him. said. He said that you sit Jason there and Isbell fart and for the rest of the flight. Passively, aggressive fart for the rest yes, of the flight. Yeah. yeah. Which is way Somebody better. else was like, oh, yeah, you just send it, you know, on messages yeah. to that. Yeah, that was him. So I think they're both assholes, but for I mean, everyone out there, for yeah. all the kids out there who are about to enter the workforce and start traveling, do not recline your seat. Think about how bad we already all have it in the air. Just... Don't recline your seat. I, I mean, I did like the person who pointed out this is basically a you know indictment of modern capitalism that we're yelling about our manners when we're basically being packed in there like sardines. Correct. Correct. Uh, by the way, uh, on the on the Twitter machine, uh, if people want to reach us, how can they how can they do so? At forwards back wa two. So you can you can reach us. You can also mail us letters uh, addressed to the Forwards Backwards podcast, corner of Glenway and Monroe. Uh, but we want to let you know that under normal circumstances, we are not going to read your letters on the air. We're going to ignore them. Uh, we're going to, you know, we are not doing questions and answers. Like some of those <laughs> pods are like, hey, what do you think about the possibility of us signing a third center back uh, replacement uh, in the off season. We're not doing that. We're not going to run the trade machine. We're not doing the standard sports talk radio. You know, hey, what about? We're not doing that. That's not. You know, we don't want to do that. I think we're not Mike and the Mad Dog. <laughs> we're not going to debate. You know, should the in spring training should the Yankees sign another? You know, if I was Mike s- or the Mad Dog, I would allow you to punch the back of my seat for the entire time <laughs> we were doing the podcast. Hey, dog. Hey, dog. Oh, my God. Uh, so we're not going to do that. But we did get some reader feedback, and it came from the, the head of, of the supporters group. And normally in this case, we, are not, we wouldn't take it on air. We would, you know, just grumble about it to each other. But this one offended me, and it reminded me of, uh, of Seinfeld and 
where you know there's that famous episode where the guy is telling he's a dentist and he's telling the anti-Semitic jokes and he's talking to the priest and the priest says to him, "Does this offend you as a Jew, Jerry?" And he goes, "No, it offends me as a comedian." <laughs> <laughs> and so. Andrew Schmidt, our, our dearly beloved chief, uh, head, Who <laughs> will be super excited to be put up against that last reference. Uh, lots of little Liverpool mentions here and there. Just saying, I get it. They're your touchstone, your main reference point. And you all got to enjoy this while it lasts. Not terrible, but it's noticeable. Uh, thought I'd mention it, you know, trying to make the flock an inclusive place. And we're going to talk about that. But it didn't offend me as a Forward Madison su- supporter. It didn't offend me as a Liverpool supporter. It offended me as a soccer nerd because we have made some obscure player references on this on this podcast that have nothing to do with with Liverpool. I mean, correct, Valderrama. We spent easily fifteen minutes talking about a soccer movie that nobody has seen <laughs> last week. We talked about Kevin De Bruyne's uh, uh, yeah. reticence to eat dinner outside, uh, his ability to ping passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have made you know references forwards and backwards in soccer history. Talked about Ozil. And the yep. and the and the disappearance of the ten, indeed the enganche, uh, which if you get a chance read Jonathan Wilson's, uh, I think it's uh, Angels with Thirty Faces is the name of his history of Argentine soccer, great book, uh, and so really it offended me as a as a soccer no- nerd. Now, Andrew and I have talked about this particular topic before um, because it is something that you know there is a fair amount of banter. Let's say oh the bants that happens between Premier League fans, right? Um, when you're out and about and drinking on a Saturday morning, <laughs> and Andrew was and going into this, you know, one of the rules for like the Facebook page, etc., is no outside league talk. And I think we all understand and respect the the reasons for that. Correct. What we I think are trying to do with our mentions of other teams, except when we refer to Manchester United in in Neil's case. Uh, because then it's just it's the bounce. It's just <laughs> that's under, straight banter. Yeah, that's just to get under Neil's skin. Uh, and you're still angry at him for not yet showing up at a, an indoor soccer match. Correct. He's not made one or responded to any of my texts. Yeah. So I mean, you've got some issues. Maybe we need to do some therapy with Elf uh, to to kind of work through those issues. But it it did raise, and I think it's something that's important to all of us. What does it mean to be a forward? Madison soccer fan, and what is the like governing ethos, right? Mm-hmm. We don't have any of the, the the history, right? You know, and we don't. We we are remember that we used to do that whole segment called today in forward Madison history, and we will do that again <laughs> because you know now we actually that, will have history. Yeah, we have one one yeah. year of history. What were you doing today uh, on in forward Madison history? That I don't um, remember. Yeah, we we've gone now. We're in fe- so the team was in preseason. Yeah, um, we're, getting, we're probably trying to queue up an illegal stream somewhere. <laughs> we're probably getting close to the Milwaukee game last year. Yeah, we game. are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which also reminds me, last night I did watch the Wasatch Cup. A little bit of uh, um, Union Papillon. Papillion? Union Papillion, I think, is what yeah. we're now going with. Yeah, they've Union, they've, they've Union, changed their name yep. to Union Papillion. Uh, Papillion, of course, French for butterfly. It's not pronounced like that in French. Also French for crap Omaha suburb. Bants. Uh, eh, Bants. Uh, <laughs> I have a good friend from Papillion. She runs a monarch or had set up a monarch butterfly sanctuary because the 
the reason it was Papillion was it was a huge stop on the monarch migration, but because we've ruined the planet, a lot fewer monarchs migrating, and it's no longer such a such a spot. The ruined planet, though, does give me a lot of job security in my current work Where with the Nelson Institute yeah. <laughs> for Environmental Studies. At raising, raising money to fight the dying world. But it's a I growth want, industry. I, I, I mean, I think you know, we have a pretty good supporters culture so far here in Madison, but to maintain it, you know, what, what, what do we need to do? What is, I mean, to you, Dan, what does it mean to be a forward Madison supporter versus a supporter of any other team that you care about or, you know, watch on Saturday mornings? Yeah. Well, I don't, yeah, that's a tough question. And I don't know if I have, I don't, I still don't think I have like an answer to what does it mean to be a forward Madison supporter? I think we've talked about this in the past that, you know, I won't mention the club that I support. Dare I s- get Andrew sending me direct messages? Uh, but um, you know, I've only been able. We to love s- you, Andrew. <laughs> we love you, Andrew. I've only been able to support football clubs from a distance. Um, even when I, you know, growing up in New York when MLS started, um, you know, the Metro Stars seemed very, very far away from me. Um, I, I'll be, I'll be frank that when. I saw them playing in a 80,000 seat stadium with 14,000 people there in football lines. I thought it was kind of a joke. I didn't really get into it. Um, and I never, so I never really had a team that I supported locally. I didn't really know what that was going to be like. Um, and I still remember, you know, last year around this time, you know, going to the Marquette game and that was super fun. And I was like, this is going to be a lot of fun, but I didn't know how I would feel like, would I care? Like, would I care if the team won or lost, would I really, or would it just be, you know, kind of a fun night out, um, which it often is. But I think even after that first match against Greenville, it was clear to me um, that I felt very differently about this club than I do about pretty, well, any other club in the world except, except one. Um, and I think it's that, it, to me, it was that, that, that very clear connection between the team, the city, the supporters that was there from the very, very beginning. Um, and that, you know, and that's only grown. That's why I said, I don't know if I can answer the question of what does it mean to me? Because it's really changed. I mean, you know, the more I see how much good work the flock and the other supporters groups are doing throughout the community. I mean, I couldn't have predicted that kind of stuff. And I, you know, I haven't been as involved as I, maybe I would like to be, but knowing that the people I stand next to, um, in the flock end every week are doing that, doing that work is it's incredible well and in your defense you moved four times during the season last year a couple different jobs yeah a couple different jobs um you have a drinking problem um so there were and a fish problem let's be frank uh that you know held you back but uh, i think you know you make good points about you know i think being involved um and there's something about being active yeah that is different when the club is in your backyard yeah i mean showing up to the stadium you know, every week or every other week or twice a week is a, is a very, very different um, uh, experience than, you know, watching it on a laptop at nine o'clock in the morning while I text you and a bunch of other idiots. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that and, and obviously, I mean, we don't need to, to belabor the point. I mean, the way the club has gone about it has been to include all of us in this. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just think it, it's like become part of my, my daily existence to be a supporter of this club and to represent the club. And, you know, we were, we joked about calling, 
Union Papillion. And, um, and of course, we do engage in some banter online, but I think both of us have kind of taken the tact of we're not in this to flame other clubs or to, to, to you know, and anything we do is in good nature. And I've never been a supporter who's there to, like, scream at the other team or scream at the other supporters. And I think um, that's been reflected very well in the flock. And I think I've also been been happy to be a part of something that's more about supporting your club rather than tearing other clubs down or, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's that's when we speak of that history and that, that bands, I mean, you know, in England, in Spain, in... I mean, first of all, uh, you know, in the case of a lot of those clubs, you know, in Spain, for instance, it means something if you're a Real Madrid supporter versus a Barcelona supporter. In, you know, Seville, where I lived, it meant something different if you were a, a, a Sevilla supporter versus a Betico, right? And they were class and ethnic and, you know, political identities wrapped up in that. And... Uh, in some sense, one of the nice things about Forward Madison is you can leave that all behind. Yeah. And it's easier, obviously, for us as two white guys to leave that all behind. <laughs> but I think, you know, in talking to the flock and talking to Andrew, one of the things that, that's very important to them is that ability for everybody to feel included and make it as easy as possible for everyone to yeah. have that shared and common experience. And so... When I think about like what my attitude is to the to being a forward fan, it's really I feel incredibly fortunate, and I want yeah. to you know as we've talked about we, we growing up I mean, and when we were growing up, um, well and uh, it also has to do with some other kind of big issues in the background. They remade High Fidelity. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that with <laughs> Zoe Kravitz. On, I haven't seen it. I knew they I knew they had remade yeah, it. Yeah, and and you know when you think about like us you know, our age, like music no longer became about music. Like it was like how hipster and competitive, like, and everything had this like exclusionary quality to it. It's like, Oh, you know, you like that band. You can't, you can't be cool. You know, it was, it was exclusionary. Right. And very clearly that's changed uh, uh, as time has gone on. And I think in the, the remake, I haven't seen it yet, but it sounds like they've taken some of that out. But I just remember, you know, them not selling the one dude a record. Yes. Because he was a nerd. You yes. know? And he comes in to get his daughter. I just called I say I just called oh, to well, say yeah. I love you. That's another episode yeah, or another moment. Yes. Yeah, where he's like, You have terrible musical taste. I'm never gonna sell you yes. that album. Yes. Uh so and it was like this constant like, Oh, you're you were in that band. And I think for us, one of the temptations is we could be real soccer hipsters, like, oh, you know. And I think you see that with certain supporters groups. And in some ways, you see that with the old cu culture of supporters groups, right? Where it's like, oh, you're not, you're not up to our, you know, oh, you haven't been here since 1962. You weren't born in this particular neighborhood in London where all of our supporters were born. Mm -hmm. Or you weren't, you know. And a lot of that is just base xenophobia when you look at it, you know, at foreign supporters. I mean, it shouldn't matter where you were born. If you love the club, you love the club, mm -hmm. right? And so I think being able to start from that, because we don't have the the radical ethnic or class or political things underpinning our club. It's one city, one club. We're all here to support the team. But, and I think this is something that they've worked very hard to make sure the structural 
things or the attitudes of people that they bring in mm-hmm. to the club. You know, the, the P chant has been cracked down upon. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the moments I was most proud of, of with Andrew is he just, you know, somebody was doing it. He said, no, don't, yeah. you know, and they, well, cultural. It's like we all know the effing etymology of that word backwards and forwards, and we know it's a, an insult. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if it's cultural. You're not in that culture. You're here. Yep. You know, don't do it. Yeah. And so I think I would also call attention to Jason from League One Fun. I thought put out a really good short video about <clears throat> what's going on in Cincinnati, um, you know, with the coach there um, using a word. I think we can all probably guess what it was. But um, and some people saying, well, you know, Dutch culture, this he might not know the full meaning of the word. He was just involved, you know, and um, I thought Jason's points were we're all very clear and concise and, um, you know, um, you know, yeah, people should know better. And, and sometimes people have to learn tough lessons, myself included. I mean, I'm not, I've, you know, and in fact, uh, so we're, we're doing, um, we're hoping to have a a mingle lady take over here, uh, because for the most part, it's just two dudes sitting in a room in snowy, dark, depressing Madison, Wisconsin, uh, doing what we do at all of the matches and on texts. I mean, literally, we're just transposing what we do on text into person on this podcast. But we want to, and, you know, we got called out, and Mike Quito made it very clear. He's like, it's a very dude-sounding show. Like, you know, uh, before we had producer Han in the room, at least, to make it a little less... She quit. Yeah. <laughs> And not because we were awful people, <laughs> maybe. Um, but, you know, so we want to want to get better, and, and we can only get better if we listen to other supporters. And one of, so one of the things I was doing was reading up on sort of women in supporters groups. And uh, if you haven't listened to it uh, the, the, or read it, the website is Uncommon Efforts, uh, which is basically it's all writing by women and non-binary writers. Because they know that traditionally in the soccer media landscape, they don't get any coverage. And so I was interested to see if there were other groups like Mingle Ladies out in the country, you know, what what other groups might, you know, what their attitudes were, maybe something, you know, because we're hoping to have uh, f- to talk about the takeover in, in a couple of weeks here. Uh, there's a curling conflict. Um, so <laughs> if that's w- not the most Wisconsin, Wisconsin conflict yeah. you could possibly have for why you can't host a podcast one night. That's, yes. Uh, that's so, it. Yeah. And so, but one of the things that, you know, one of the writers who, uh, was writing about sort of female support was writing from the position as a trans woman. And she was talking about how hard the bathroom decision is at a major stadium that there aren't a lot of unisex bathrooms and, and so on and so forth. And I was kind of thinking about how, ironically enough, we're lucky to have the shitty portalettes <laughs> yeah. because those, we have piles and piles of unisex bath. And, you yep. know, I, I make that as kind of a joking reference. But unless, you know, it's not something I would ever consider Correct. going to a game. It, it's probably not. But if we're not listening to it, and I think the club as well has shown that they are very receptive to when we raise concerns. And, in fact... I was talking about that very thing with Andrew, and he said, yeah, we had to go to the club and say, hey, you need to have more wheelchair-accessible porta-potties down there um, as sort of a, a point of making it inclusive. So I guess part of what being a Forward Madison supporter, even though we spend 40 minutes a week 
talking incoherently and refuse to read your letters on air. <laughs> is... Are we supposed to be listening? Exactly. <laughs> That's the point I wanted to make. And so we, we may front like we're not listening at all, but we do want to listen. We do want your input. If you think we're underrepresenting a group or, or you know, not bringing in a guest you want to hear, uh, let us know. Um, how can they let us know, Dan? At Forwards Backwa 2. Uh, we also have a Facebook page if you just search for Forwards Backwards Podcast. And do we have a, we have a Gmail account, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> let's, for, yeah, let's not do that. Forwards so, Backwards at Gmail, maybe? Yes. I'd have to look that one up. Uh, we have received no emails. <laughs> to so let's to let's stick with uh, Twitter and, and or Facebook. or you know or either one of our, uh, pro, you know you could send us a message at I'm at D yeah. F Fallon twelve, and yeah. I you're at something K A P O N I E W at yeah, or at K A P O N I E W, and you know I I do. Uh, you know, and, and I think, you know, a lot of supporters groups want to take on this, like, aggro mentality. And, like, we're, you're wearing a brown sweater with elbow patches. <laughs> I'm wearing, we're not, we're not going to start blowing stuff up and starting fights at this Can point. I let you in on a secret? What's that? I actually have elbow patches on top of my elbow patches. <sighs> I wore so, through the first elbow patches, and my sister-in-law so you have real, sewed. I have, you have real elbow. I patches. have real bo- elbow patches on top of elbow patches that originally came with the sweater. I want. This is because I'm trying to live a sustainable life. I want to reach out to your sister because in-law. I have uh, uh, sister-in-law because I have some shirts that she I lives would, right across the ravine I know, from you. So do you think I can do you a could, like uh, you could zip like line some zip stuff line? Up. Yeah, because uh, I took home ec, and every time you know my mom was a great. <clears throat> sewer and every time I, she's like well you took you know I guess it was family and consumer education yes don't you know how to do that and I'm like yeah but I haven't done it in 20 years I've completely forgot so need need some elbow patching okay this is the kind of information maybe we can you know get her get her going on a business <laughs> elbow, elbow patch patching. replacements yeah. elbow yeah. patch replacements it's a pretty I think it's pretty much you and me uh, <laughs> there are a lot of professors here in town I, I feel like I feel like you could go Full full throttle on that. Uh, so hopefully, you know, those of you that are new to the club or thinking, do I want to get involved with these maniacs? Um, hopefully we, we gave you a little bit of insight of where we come from a, as supporters. If you're a part of the supporters group and you're like, dude, you guys are completely wrong. We're there to fuck shit up. <laughs> um, let us know that as well. Uh, we, we'd be happy to hear it, but, uh, you know. I don't think most of you, that's what you're involved in. It's more creating an atmosphere where people feel welcome, want to come out and watch soccer. And again, I want other teams' fans to feel welcome. Like, yeah, I mean, we, jo- we joked about uh, you know, the, the eruption tour when we went to Richmond and that there was like this, um, you know, it, 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 the, the reason I'm bringing this story up again, I think it shows a mis, you know, we're, we also have to fight against the perception of what supporters groups are around football clubs, right? So even in USL League One, where these ownerships and the, you know, they, they know these clubs, they know, they kind of know who we are. They still were concerned about us getting together with the Richmond supporters groups and that, do we need security? Do we need to keep these guys apart? And um, I think it's all, it's in, it's incumbent upon all of us to be like, no, that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to support our club, but we also want to like, grow the game of soccer in this country. And we have a chance to create a different 
a different model, a different story, a different narrative around what it means to be supporters groups. Even in the MLS, they've got issues with some of their groups internally, externally. There's issues at some of the matches. Like, we don't have to be that. At this yeah. level, it, it, it shouldn't matter the level. But um, I think that's been my one of my favorite things about this is going to, um, well, yeah, going to Richmond. I know you guys had a great time in Lansing. Um, and that's what this should be yeah. about. And even if we're like bantering with Omaha, that I can't wait to go out there. I'm a little bummed it's a Friday night. Um, but like that should be we should all be looking forward to getting together with folks that uh, support these clubs and, and support their cities. You know, and they've they had a good turnout for their first watch party yeah. as we saw on Twitter. I mean, and, they just and, need to work on their and, and uh, like, uh, social media year, game. Yeah, uh, they need to ID the right supporters group. They have to learn yeah, that they're the parliament that uh, it has an underscore. Uh, la- last year, um, I think you know there was a guy uh, and I can't remember his Twitter handle, but came out from Greenville, uh, Triumph fan, and like he reached out and people were like, oh, you got to go here for the cheese curds, you got to go. And like we we're like, hey, come over to our pregame. You know, we'd love to have you. And then we beat the shit out of him, didn't we? Uh, <laughs> no, Greenville. I feel like no, I meant him. Oh, not. <laughs> <laughs> it was all a long hustle. Yeah, long it was hustle. all a long hustle to get uh, him to the get him to a dark corner at the yeah. corner of Brearley and uh, and Mifflin, like on the backside yeah. of the stadium. We all we all booked flights all over the United <laughs> States on those credit cards. Um, no, but if you're at a game and you're a you know a fan from elsewhere, we want you know because again, I think it's so cool. Like uh, growing up, again, you know, I made that long digression about being a hipster, but like. I would have never dreamed about this. Yeah, in my hometown, you know, a stadium where I played. Uh, Dan can't talk about my playing career, but quite successfully, thank you. <laughs> uh, but you know, a stadium where I played, that that is now the center of a, a pro team. Uh, speaking of being the center of a pro team, and players who are a little larger than you and I. Oh, good segue. Another center back. Uh, Which one have, are we gonna? Who are we starting with? Well, first of all. You know, we've got big guys, right? Yeah. Jalen Fiat Chrysler <laughs> in, in in the middle, big. Josiah Trimmingham is what we might call a unit. Yes. Big fella. Big dude. I remember him from the uh, Minnesota United game. I don't remember how he played. I just remember being like, holy shit, that guy is freaking huge. That is a unit. Yes. That is yeah. a guy that, like, I... Uh, that's what I remember about him. Yeah. Um, but he's got youth national team experience. Uh, the the sound of things. He's got we, a full cap. Uh, yep. And he does on, have one full cap yep. with, uh, with the soccer warriors. Yeah. And was on the bench for that date that we don't want to talk about when the U.S. national team was eliminated. I believe after the match he was quoted as uh, saying, what are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> he had a long rant. Uh, <laughs> Taylor Twelman. <laughs> uh, oh, that, that segues into, well, how are we going to discuss that we have to remove an enemy from the pod? Um, yeah, I, I think I should start with a pretty, uh, pretty full-throated apology for Mr. Uh, Thomas Rongren. Um, I gave him, a, gave him a pretty tough time about his uh, uh, lack of success developing young talent through the USA pipeline and then blaming... the said lack of talent for not getting us to the World Cup in 2018. Um, I was on, uh, I was traveling for work last week. I had a quiet night at the hotel and I decided to 
Fire Nobody wants to know about your quiet fire, <laughs> fire up the old uh, fire up the old Netflix or whatever. I uh, maybe it was on Amazon. Did you raid the mini bar? No, I did not. Uh, I was very responsible that night, and uh, I watched Next Goal Wins, the documentary about uh, American Samoa and their quest to I uh, you know ostensibly uh, qualify for the 2014 World Cup, but really just to. Uh, redeem themselves after the 31 to nil basting by Australia in the previous, in the 2010 uh, World Cup qualifying cycle. And um, it's a great movie. I'd really recommend it for anybody. I, I, if you have someone in your life who does not like soccer, um, I think they would like it just as much. Soccer is really just kind of the backdrop for just one of those great stories and how did about he redeem triumph. Himself? Did he suddenly develop youth talent? <laughs> um, I mean, they had never won. They had never won a competitive match before he took over. I, the mo- the movie, you know, it's a, it's 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 a film, so it's a documentary, but it's a film. They, I think he's only there for about three weeks or a month. Um, my favorite, I think I sent you the picture. My favorite moment of the movie is that the the American Samoan uh, FA, let's call it for lack of a better term, reaches out to the United States to say, hey, we need some help, uh, and there's only one applicant for the job, and it's Thomas Rongren. Um but I won't go, actually. I won't. I don't. I'm not going to say much more about it, other than um, you. Omen you learn apology. a little bit about. I, and I kind of knew uh, Thomas and his uh, and his wife have been through some tragedy in their lives with um, one of their children, um, and the way he bonds with the players, and um, particularly how he kind of, immer- you know, how he immerses himself in their culture, and um, and there's some really interesting stories in there that um, it was a great movie. I I I really came away from it thinking um, maybe he's not. On the, the level, devil, he's the not devil. on the level of Alexi Lawless and needs to be removed from official enemy of the pod. But we have a new official enemy of the pod. Oh man! So what? So there were two big GMs this this weekend, right? You had, I think, really the biggest one was the Flock GM. Uh, neither one of us attended. Correct. Probably because we were both hungover. I don't know. It was yeah. Or you were wa- you were busy watching Serie A. I watched Serie A two weeks in a row. I don't yeah. even recognize myself anymore. Um, and so basically what happened at the second biggest meeting uh, of the weekend was the U.S. soccer general meeting. And at some point, uh, a gentleman uh, stood up. Flamhoff was his name? Something like that. Uh, uh, stood up, and he had apparently played in 1963. Pan Am games? Yeah. Yep. And uh, apparently his dad was on the board back in, in charge of selecting the team. <laughs> Someone pointed out in 1963. So maybe Mr. Flomhoff didn't get there. So now 1963, say he's, what, 20 years old in 1963? Sure. How old is he now? I don't know. So add 50-some. He's 70s. in his late 70s. Sure. So Flomhoff stands up and demands that the U.S. women's national team, the only good goddamn team we have at this point, be censored for... They're unsportsmanlike celebrations. Correct. This is what happens when you get your news from Piers Goddamn Morgan, <laughs> also an enemy of the pod. Yes. So now, at any point, should Dan and I ever do something stupid, it's just going to be okay, Flomhoff. Good call, Flomhoff. Yeah, I mean, this is just, uh, and apparently, people, uh, he got he a got, smattering of applause, and some yeah. people like stood up and clapped for him. And um, I don't even know where to begin with this other than just, like, 
he and whoever clapped for him can all just kind of fuck off because uh, they would never say that about Ronaldo and all the antics he pulls after goals. Um, and it's just, uh, it's fucking bullshit. Flamhoft, L A F L F L A M H A F T. And now that you're saying this name, I'm pretty sure now I am going to have to talk just very tangentially about my own playing career. When I played in New York, I played in the Cosmopolitan uh, New York Soccer League, which I think is might be the oldest continually running amateur uh, soccer league in the country. There was a Flamhoft Cup as one of the interseason cups, so it must be named after either him or his his father. I don't I don't I didn't know the uh suck it flom. Yeah, now I, I would I would stand down in that competition now. Yeah. I would refuse to participate, not because you wouldn't win, but for your for your honor. Yeah, we weren't going to win. So, let's we we got we got off track because we were Shocking. talking about Yeah. We were talking about Josiah Trimingham who apparently was so good uh in that one week trial they brought him up from Miami United FC. Miami yeah, City United City FC. Miami of Miami United FC. Yeah. So you There's played, a lot of teams in Miami and yeah. Fort Lauderdale. You played pro, uh, had in in Trinidad and Tobago, uh, played for the U-17s, U-20s, I think uh, even the U-23s. And has and then, a cat. Oh. Yeah. And then has appeared, was on the bench for a couple of TNT national team games as well as the Well, cap. I think he pl- he didn't play in the game against the U.S., but I think he actually played in the next match. There was okay. one match after that. Or they played a friendly against uh, Haiti. But he has a, he does have a full cap with Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, and impressed uh, Daryl Shore. Problem was we were limited on our number of mm. international roster spots that we could use. And so couldn't really bring him in that year. Kept him on the radar. And boom, he's back this year. And, and, you know, going from NPSL, making the big jump up to USL. So we'll see. Uh, The age of our, you know, defenders is, I thought it was younger. Uh, Jalen Fiat Chrysler is 25. Um, uh, Trimingham is 23. Leonard, if he slides back into a center back role, is is 23-24. Lockerbie out wide is younger. Yep. Um, and then Pato is obviously 27, 28. He as well uh, on trial this week with uh, Chicago Fire. He's making That's, the rounds. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a, it, as, as you know, the fact that he's gotten this much interest, it's that international roster spot conundrum, right? Yep. If you're bringing a guy in, you got to make sure, you know, you're, you're not wasting an international roster spot yep. because you want to, you know, I think you want to fill out the roster with non you know, international guys, but if you bring an international guy in and you're using that spot, yep. he's got to be a locked-in starter. Um, so that's why, why Pato isn't with the team right now. That's why you didn't see him in the photos going south. There were a lot of, boy, is it cold outside faces in that photo. <laughs> Though not from Mr. Trimingham. He looked happy to be here. <laughs> Maybe he knew he was leaving in yeah, the Yeah, he knew he was going to Birmingham, yeah. Alabama. Yeah, uh, so... I think as well that segues into our other returning player, uh, who is El Capitan, Captain My Captain, Connor Turbo Tobin. It's a hard one to say. Well, it trips you up. I've messed it up many times. Yeah, uh, Connor Turbon, Turbin, <laughs> uh, Turbo, uh, like a fish. So I can't th- say I was shocked. <laughs> so there was some deception on social media, and even I. So last week uh, went to Turbo's birthday party. Neil invited me. Did he invite you? I was invited. Okay. But, like, 
invited me first, obviously. <laughs> he was like, oh, Keith. I feel like now we're Keith, big. This is, yeah, Keith. Move, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Keith, if you, you can bring Dan if you want. Um, but uh, so I, I knew he was coming back, and yet I keep seeing these texts about another chapter, and I'm like, what, what is this? What's going on? And Dan's like, no, I'm pretty sure. Subterfuge, Keith. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, the, the elevator. Content. Sticky, yeah. sticky content. Yeah. And so uh, this this also brings up that, uh, you know, so he, he's coming back. He just finds the moving to another chapter to be kind of ridiculous. <laughs> uh, which, which I thought was kind of funny that he was basically like, yeah, trolling other athletes who write these like heartfelt uh, retirement messages and stuff. But. Which yeah. I think fans actually really like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like... He's well, going to do it in, yeah. in whenever he... In turbo style. Yeah, yeah. But I think one of the things that Wyatt Almsberg, I know, appreciated is there is a lot of defensive experience and knowledge and uh, nous, as they say across mm-hmm. the pound, uh, in that big square head of Connor Tobin's. <laughs> And so I think with the younger defenders that we have in, the, yeah. in that role, I think that having him there as an anchor to the back line and being able to share that knowledge is certainly going to help. Yeah, and I think, you know, for full circle to uh, the beginning of our conversation, if I correctly remember where all the different bases we've covered, um, I think Connor uh, epitomizes what a lot of us think about this club, um, that our captain shows up to the Cole Center to sell hot dogs, to raise money for the for the Flock Soccer Foundation, that he shows up at every event, that he's um, just always accessible, always willing to talk to people, comes you know make sure the players come over after the game. I mean, this isn't about him. Um, and if you've ever had a chance to talk to Connor about this, um, I mean, his passion for for soccer, for lower league soccer, for how you make a team like Forward Madison sustainable long term. I mean, th- this isn't. Um, you know, he, he's a very smart guy who has, you know, a college degree and an MBA and could be off doing other things, but he has found what he's super, super passionate about. And that comes through in everything that he does. And I think, um, you know, we couldn't ask for a better captain of our club and particularly in the first year and now in the second year to have him back. Um, and, uh, was very excited to see him training today. Cause, um, yep. If you all remember, he did. Um, he had a shoulder injury and surgery in the offseason. Torn labrum. I, torn labrum, and I was under we the broke Im- that news here. <laughs> and I was under the impression that he may uh, he. And I don't know if he's uh, cleared for full contact, but um, that he 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 might not be training this early. So it was really good to see yeah. him out on the pitch, moving around, uh, slamming in bangers into the little tiny side goals. If you saw that on on Twitter, and also love that his mom. Uh, tweeted uh that she was never in doubt that he was coming back and i believe she has um she follows uh one person on twitter (laughs) and that would be turbo no turbo brought mom and dad to the flock end last year they They were out and uh, i forget which friendly it was they were hanging out maybe it was the minnesota united i think it was because that was why we needed uh uh, mr trimmingham to play in that match because we were we were down on center backs in that game why it wasn't there because he well actually why it played for for uh, Minnesota, Minnesota that yeah. night. And yeah. I think uh, we should also say congratulations to him. He got traded to the Chicago Fire. Chicago Fire, yep. Uh, looks like he'll get a chance to, to start or at least make the team there. Yeah. So and good luck, Wyatt. That's great. And I think we all wish him. He was, again, a great guy, a yeah. great member of the team. I think learned a lot playing here, and hopefully it's going to show on the pitch in, in Chicago down the road. Uh, we're still in need of another goalkeeper. 
Uh, I think that sitting out there. I don't know. Um, they did the you know they did post that picture of Coach Shore from his time oh, uh, playing in college. So maybe that was maybe He's this is another up. this is another ruse that we're getting led up to uh, yeah. Daryl Shore signing as the uh, backup goalkeeper for uh, for Madison. You heard it here first. Uh, uh, do you think he's... W- can we sign 1989 Daryl Shore? <laughs> also, I was thinking, I didn't realize he went to school down there. Yes. In Birmingham. Yes. Uh, University of Alabama at Birmingham. And I was just thinking... I'm not sure if that was it, but okay. Yeah. Uh, I was just thinking, <laughs> if you were an American football coach, like he would not be speaking with that New York accent that he currently has. <laughs> He'd have the full-on, yeah. like, Alabama twang. Yeah. You know, he'd be like, we're going to hit the ball out wide. We're going to use the center backs, press up the middle. Well, you know, we're going to get them get with some direct soccer. So <laughs> I'll uh, save you my Ed Ogeron impersonation. <laughs> I could listen to that guy oh, all day. Oh, man. We're, we're, by the way, we're speaking Conor, Conor, Conor Arnaud LeBlanc's love language because he's from oh, that's LSU right. that's right. area. He's a Louisiana boy. Yeah. Head of the Forward Union, one of our many fine supporters yes. groups. Shout out to Connor. So very happy to have Turbo back. Welcome. Yeah. You've, you, the speculation can end. Yeah. He is signed. He is back. He's got signed, the ca- sealed, delivered. He's, he's got the ours. he's got the captain's ba- armband back on, and uh, off we go. Yeah. So we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, as always, we're gonna head up the hill to. I I have to go do more things this evening, so I will not be drinking beer. But I may have a delicious brick burger with you, Dan. Oh, all right. Uh, we're going up the hill to the uh, to the village. Uh, and until next time, we say forwards, not backwards. Upwards, not forwards. Twirling. 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 We shall not be